Hi, welcome again to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. Again, a podcast where we study the scriptures together, where we learn, where we grow, uh, where we try to become uh, the best versions of ourselves that the Lord wants us to be. And that's really uh, the goal of this podcast. That's the goal of, of uh, you know, what we want to do. And so for today's podcast of When the Scriptures Become Real, uh, we want to discuss the topic of how to be a good encourager. Um, if you were with us last week, um, we discussed a topic that uh, a friend of mine wanted to do, talking about uh, your identity in Christ, um, talking about how we should feel. Uh, we, we need to be confident in Christ. Uh, we need to know that Christ uh, is 100% confident in us, and we can know our identity in Him. And so we discussed that, so you can look at uh, last week's episode on YouTube and on iTunes as well. Uh, but what we want to talk about today uh, was a, another topic from a friend of mine, uh, again from Sarah Ray, also another uh, young lady from Forest Hill. Uh, Sarah was one of the girls that I worked with, uh, with the youth there. Um, she was actually a helper of mine. She wasn't a part of the youth, but she was. Uh, she helped me out. She helped uh, myself and Matt and Hasten while he was there. Uh, she was a great help not only to us to plan things and organize. Uh, she was also a very good encourager as well, and it, it, it means so much to see that she wants to learn and how to be a, a better encourager, and so uh, we'll, we'll kind of discuss that today. Uh, one thing that I that I looked at, um, obviously we'd like to start off with a positive quote for the day, uh, and so one of the positive quotes that I read said this, and I believe you can see it on your screen, uh, but it says, a word of encouragement during a failure is worth more than an hour of praise after success. And I think that's so true. Even talking about successful people, you know, I'd rather hear more of what I could do right, more of uh, you could do this better. It's great to hear that you did a great job. But if you hear that all the time, you know, you don't really get better. And so in, in hearing some some discipline, hearing some how you can be better, that really does help you. And that's really what encouragement is about. Um, and I think we'll, we'll look at a couple misconceptions about what encouragement is and what it isn't. Uh, but what it isn't, it isn't telling somebody they're great all the time. That's not what encouragement is. Encouragement isn't, uh, you know, trying to build them up by flattery. That's not what encouragement is. That's temporary. It'll feel good right now. But what happens when I'm going through this? What happens when this happens? Then that flattery doesn't help me. It makes me feel good, but it doesn't help me at all. And so we'll, we'll kind of look at how we can encourage, and we'll look at some uh, people in Scripture that actually encourage the right way. Uh, and so uh, let's actually get into our text. If you look on your screen, I'm here in the Accordance program, and this is really what we're gonna we're gonna use to really help us out here. Um, but if we go to Ephesians chapter what we talk 4, about every episode, uh, we and talk again, about I'm using the scripture and we talk about letting well. the scriptures talk, not myself, not my opinions, not what I think, not my experiences, not my stories. Uh, we're talking about the scriptures and how can the scripture help me and how can the scripture help you. So again, if you go to Ephesians chapter four, Ephesians chapter four, and we'll look at we'll start in verse. Uh, let's actually start in verse fourteen, just so we can get the context here. Ephesians chapter 4, uh, let's start in verse number uh, 14, and look at what the Bible says here, that henceforth we be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men 
and cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive. So therefore, speaking the truth in love, that we may grow up in all things, which is the head, even Christ. You see, we stop there most times when we talk about preaching, when we talk about teaching, when we talk about encouraging like we're talking about today. People bring up this verse all the time. Speaking the truth in love. Speak the truth in love. Speak the truth in love. And they'll stop there. But they really don't look at the context of what happened in the verses before and what it says right after speaking the truth in love. We just stop there. Well, we say, well, in order to help someone, we need to uh, speak the speak the truth in a certain type of way. Uh, if we don't speak this type of way, then we're not speaking the truth in love. Um, another misconception about speaking the truth in love and being a good encourager. Another misconception is this. It's saying things in a certain way. And so if I don't say this to you this way, I'm not speaking the truth in love. But we'll look at some examples in the scripture that, that you know takes that argument away. But speaking the truth in love isn't how you say it. It isn't in the delivery in how you say it speaking the truth in love is telling the truth no matter what and just saying it in general why 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 is that what it means because the verse explains it speaking the truth in love and here's the result of speaking the truth in love of speaking the things that that person or that i need to hear so here's the goal the end of verse uh the end of verse 15 look at this that we may grow up in him in all things which is the head even christ as a preacher of the gospel i want to speak the truth and love to whoever will listen why so i can get the praise no so i can get the glory no we do that and i do that so we can help not just myself but to help the hearers grow up in all things spiritually in Christ. But why do people need to grow up spiritually? Why do we need to encourage people to grow up? Well, let's go up to the previous verse in verse 14. That we henceforth be no more children. This is talking about spiritually. The Lord doesn't want you to be a child forever spiritually. You know, so so many people are in their late 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, may be old physically, but spiritually, they're still 15, 14, 13, 16, 17. They're still spiritually so young. And the only thing that'll help them to grow up in Christ is the scriptures. And how we should, how should we do it? Speaking the truth in love. Speaking the truth in general, that's love. Not how I say it. Speaking the truth to anyone in general, that's loving somebody. Not speaking someone, I'm not speaking the truth in love then. So that's what it means by encouraging. And that's how you can encourage. And specifically to Sarah, since she's asked this question, you know, Sarah was one of the best encouragers that I knew. But this is how you can be better. You can be better by speaking the truth all the time. No matter if they may like it. No matter if they dislike it. You know, a lot of people think they're not being encouragers because people won't like what they say. That's that's false. By saying things that people may not want to hear, that's speaking the truth in love. Not my not the way I present it. And speaking the truth in love 
I speak it whether you want to hear it or not, whether you hate me after I say it, it doesn't matter. Speaking the truth in love is speaking it no matter if you want to hear it and no matter if you don't want to hear it. Why? So number one, that you can grow up in Christ. And then number two, so you won't be a child anymore. And continuing to read verse 14, that you may grow up uh, so you be more no more children. Watch. So you won't continue to be tossed to and fro and to be carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of man and the cunning craftiness whereby they lay in wait to deceive. There's people out there in this world that are wanting to deceive good people. And until we grow up and until we speak the truth in love, they will always fall to that trap. So preacher, teacher, elder, father, mother, are you just going to be encouraging to your children or are you going to tell them exactly what they need to hear? You see, sometimes I learn from preaching from from, you know, older preachers as well. Speaking the truth in love, when you do that, sometimes people aren't going to like you. Sometimes people will hate you. Sometimes people will say bad things about you. Uh, Sometimes people won't listen to you when you preach. Uh, But you still need to preach anyway. You know, I remember studying the book of Jeremiah in chapter 1. It talks about don't be afraid of their faces. Don't be afraid of what they do when you preach. Don't be afraid of how they look at you. Don't be afraid of what they say about you. Because I will put the words in your mouth. And that's an encouragement to you, Christian. That's an encouragement to you, preacher. No matter what people say, no matter uh, what people will think about you, we speak the truth. I tell people exactly what the Bible says, not to hurt them. I tell them that because I love them, whether it affects them negatively or positively. Speaking the truth in love is speaking the entire counsel that the Bible has no matter what their reaction is in a sense you kind of have to just you really in a sense just have to don't care about what their reaction is i'm speaking what this says because i love you that's why and that's what we're doing and here's we're going to look at a couple examples here and I'll, i'll follow along here in accordance just in case you don't have your bible with you but let's go to acts chapter 7 acts chapter 7 and we'll look at an example of Stephen here. And again, with, with being encouraging, you want to speak the right way. You don't want to just, you know, hammer people all the time. But you don't want to be so soft either. You know, you got to find a, a, a nice balance. And, you know, when we're talking about preaching and when we're talking about encouraging people, you do care about the person. You know, we're, we're not heartless. We don't want to be that type of person. But we also have to put our foot down. And whenever the Bible says we have to preach this, we have to put our foot down and say it. No matter if we know or not that they'll agree with it. So that's another instance of what speaking the truth is. But here is another example of someone speaking the truth in love. Acts chapter 7. We have Stephen here talking to the people. Same people that killed Christ. And throughout the entire chapter of Acts chapter 7, um, Stephen is giving uh, the people a history lesson of their forefathers, of the evil things that their forefathers did. 
And I want you to notice specifically uh, verse 51. And let's get there. And I want you to look at this. Now, let me ask you this question after we read this verse. Verse 51. Now look at what Stephen calls these people. You stiff-necked and you uncircumcised in heart. Not here, but here in the mind. You uncircumcised and you're stiff-necked in the heart and the mind and in your ears. And you do always resist the Holy Ghost just as your fathers did so do ye question was was Stephen loving and saying that what if, what if Stephen today would go into a congregation knowing uh, that this congregation did x x and x and he would say he's stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears how would how would Stephen be received today well Stephen that's you're not being a very encouraging person Stephen, you're not being a very loving person. Stephen, and most most congregations today, Stephen, Stephen would be stoned again because of what he said. Let's keep reading. Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them and showed before the coming of the just one, of whom you have been betrayers and murderers. You murdered the just one. You guys did that. Who have received the law by the disposition of angels and have not kept it. Watch this. Now, preacher, this is what always is going to happen when you preach the word. When you preach like Stephen, when you preach and when it really pricks the heart, the word always does one of two things. And I've learned this. The word will always draw people nearer to Christ. Or because of what they're doing and because of what they're not doing, it'll draw them away. That's what the word does naturally. It draws in, but also it draws out. And look what happened to these people. It happened to draw these people out. Verse 54. And when they heard these things, look at this. Now, they were cut to the heart. Stop right there. That's what the word always does. Remember the scripture says the word is a two-edged sword and it cuts to the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Notice that's what the word always does. Now the word did its job here. They heard it, number one, great. They were cut to the heart, number two, great. That's exactly what the word's supposed to do. But notice the third phase, but they gnashed on him with their teeth. You see the word drew. You see, they were cut to the heart because they knew they weren't doing something they were supposed to. So, just as what the Bible does, when people don't want to change, they'll get angry. And they gnash their teeth. But look at Stephen, verse 55. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, he looked up steadfastly unto heaven, and he saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God, and said, Behold, I see the heavens open. And the son of man standing on the right hand and they cried out and they stopped their ears and they ran on him with one accord. Let me give you a warning preacher. When you preach exactly what the Bible says. When you preach whether they like it or they don't like it. Sometimes you'll have to go through what Stephen has to go through sometimes. Sometimes they'll cry with their voices out against you. You the preacher 
Sometimes they'll stop their ears. Well, I, I won't go to any of his lectures anymore. I won't hear him speak anymore because they know if they go to that lecture, if they hear him speak, he'll say something that I'm not doing. We won't invite him to this lectureship anymore. We won't talk to him anymore. That's what some people will do. And they'll cry out with their voice. And they'll stop their ears. And look, sometimes I've heard of things that got to this point. But hopefully it won't happen to you as it did to Stephen and others. But sometimes this happens, brethren. And they ran on him with one accord. Can you imagine you one Sunday getting up, preaching what the word says? When you get down from the pulpit, you're standing in the back. Everyone with one accord ran on you and essentially jumped you for preaching the gospel. I can't imagine. In verse 58, and then look what else they did. They're not done with him. Then they cast him out the city. And they stoned him. And a witness laid their clothes at a young man's feet, whose name was Saul. Now imagine Saul. This is this is a Saul that changed to Paul later. Imagine him as Paul remembering this. Imagine that. I was there when they killed Stephen. And Stephen did nothing but preach the gospel. I was there. And they stoned him. And they stoned Stephen, verse 59, calling upon God, saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice. And notice, you'll, you'll have to be willing to do this too, preacher. It takes, some, it takes some mental strength to be able to do this. Lord, I preach your word. Lord, I've done everything you've wanted me to. Lord, they've stoned me. Lord, they've jumped me. Lord, I'm getting ready to die. But despite all of this, Lord, lay not this sin on their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. I want you to notice something, something very special. If you go back up to verse 56, Brethren, sometimes when you preach the word like this, when you preach the truth in love, when you preach when people don't want to hear it, when you preach a a message that people don't want to hear, when it affects their heart, when it pricks their heart, when they know they're not doing it, but then they they take it out on you, sometimes you feel alone. Sometimes you feel like, why am I doing this? Sometimes you feel like, I'm by myself. But I want you to notice something. When you preach boldly like that, when you preach the truth in love, and when no one likes to listen to you, sometimes you have to stand alone. I want you to notice who's right there with you. In the scripture, when it always talks about Christ, it always talks about him sitting on the right hand of God. But when people mess with God's messengers, I want you to notice, preacher, I want you to notice, encourager, you are never by yourself. Why? Verse 56, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man, notice the next verse, 
And then the next word. He's not sitting anymore. He's standing on the right hand of God. Christ cares. My Lord cares. He's there. He knows. And we can have the confidence, no matter if people hate you, no matter if people don't want to hear you speak, no matter if people don't talk to you, God is standing there in support of the gospel, number one, but also in support of you. And so when you encourage truly, not this not this temporal touchy-feely type of thing, when you truly preach, Christ is there. Now, I want to notice another misconception uh, about encouragement. A lot of uh, a lot of preachers and a lot of encouragers and Christians don't like to uh, say what people need. People know what people need, but we don't like to say it. Um, that's not speaking the truth in love. And we'll constantly come to them saying, oh, you're okay. You're okay. It's a process. You're okay. You're okay. And we'll say that over and over and over and over and over again. And when we say they're okay, that may make them feel good for a day, for a week, for a month. But they really, what they really need is not and you're okay from us. What they need is this. And I'll tell you whether you like to hear it or not. Now, encourager. That's what an encourager is. An encourager isn't someone, it isn't how you say it. I think we focus so much on how we speak the truth. Now, we don't want to be all the time. We don't want to have two extremes. We don't want to go on one side and be totally militant. But we don't want to be on the other side and be soft as cotton candy. You know, we can't have the two extremes. But you can speak the truth in love the right way. But here's the thing. Speaking the truth in love doesn't boil down to how you say it. Speaking the truth in love boils down to preacher, encourager. Are you willing to say it? That's what speaking the truth in love is. Are you willing to say it? Because you're going to have to make a choice. If you aren't going to say it, that's fine. You'll be, you'll feel fine temporarily. But if you are willing to say it, you may have to go through what Stephen went through in chapter 7. Are you willing to go through that? Preacher? Teacher? Mother? Father? Are you willing to go through that? Speaking the truth in love. That's how you encourage. You don't encourage by how you say it. You encourage it by are you willing to say it? And that's such a beautiful thought. And we're doing this because we love people. I We speak the 100% truth of the gospel. Not because we want to get people angry. Not because we want to see people suffer. We do it because we love people. We love them with 100% of our hearts. But this marks a question too. What if you don't preach the entire counsel? 
you don't love your audience? Mother, father, what if you don't preach the entire counsel to your son? Do you really love them? Not according to scripture. Do you love them? Do you love people? If you love people, here, here's one thing that I learned uh, as being a leader, um, as being, uh, not me being a leader, but in developing into one. I've learned from so many older men, and they've taught me this. In order to be a leader, you have to be willing to say and do things that people don't like and that people won't understand at the moment. But you have to still be willing to make the decision. And you still have to be willing to preach and stand on your own. Why? So they can grow up. So they can grow up. They may never understand. It may take them years to understand why you did what you did. It may take them years to understand why you preach the way that you preach. But let them keep living. And you be patient. And you keep trusting in God. And you keep teaching. And those men that told me those things, they would say, man, there were some members that would give me troubles. There were people that would give me troubles. And they came to me 5, 10, 15 years later. And they kept living. And they finally realized what you were saying was the truth. And they, and they came back and apologized. They said, um, I'm so sorry for how I, how I treated you that way. Now I realize what the scripture talked about. But those men were patient. But those men never, ever compromised the truth, whether that person at the time liked it or not. They always preached it. So, Sarah, to be a better encourager, the emphasis, it matters, it matters. But the emphasis isn't on how you say it. The emphasis is, are you willing to say the truth or not? And so that's how we can become a great encourager of God. I hope that was able to help you. That, that was a great lesson for me. Hopefully, Sarah, that was able to help you to be a great encourager as you already are. Um, you know, we always just want to help each other. That's what Christianity is. You know, even if we say things and if we preach things that people don't like to hear, it's not to hurt them. It's to help them grow and to grow up spiritually. And that's all we want to do. As preachers, we just want to help. That's all it is. And so I hope that was able to help you. Thank you for listening so much. You can uh, continue to follow. Please subscribe on YouTube. Also subscribe on iTunes as well. Um, continue to support. Continue to share. And we're, we're all in this together. We're trying to grow. We're trying to get better together. Again, if you have any lessons that you want to hear, leave some in the comments. You can send me a message on YouTube. Uh, you can also follow When the Scriptures Become Real on Twitter. Uh, just look at my last name, P-U-G-H-J-25, and you'll see When the Scriptures Become Real. You can send me a message there. Uh, you can send me a private message if you want something taught. Um, so again, thank you so much for listening. Uh, may the Lord continue to add a blessing where you are. I hope you keep growing as I try to as well. All right. Thank you guys and thanks for listening.